meeting is being recorded. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Blue Collar Talk Show. I'm Aaron. And I'm Josh. Today, we're going to be discussing um, kind of like the hierarchy of uh, workplaces and our personal experiences with some of it. And, and some of it's just kind of an op- observation. Um, you know, kind of how like, you know, people on the floor when you first start in an entry level position and then uh, as people move through the ranks or get hired into a higher position, they don't really seem to remember how it works. They kind of, you know, the bureaucracy kind of takes over. I think uh, I think in this particular case, what I'm going through at work right now mm-hmm. um, is a kind of clear cut example of that. Um, and so, you know, I think that we've gone through this episode a few different times and by the way, for all of you, we are sorry. It's taken so long. To We're get an episode sorry. <laughs> it's just life's been a little chaotic for both of your blue collar boys at the moment. So, um, God, I hope that's not what our fans call us. Good Lord. It might um, be. Uh, it's BCBs. been yeah 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 it's been it's been a little on the difficult side but we're we're working through it hopefully we start getting a steady stream of releases in here pretty soon um mm. we okay well that happened my cat's behind me um, yeah. go away <laughs> the cat has got your back man <laughs> yeah that's willow she's the good one um she's uh, my favorite of the three don't let the other two hear, hear me say that, though, right? Um, <laughs> anyways, with all of the distractions aside, uh, yeah, so we, you know, we're, we're uh, you have our apologies. We're working on it, and uh, we do know it's a problem, and we're going to address it. So, um, yeah, no, this particular episode is one that I was kind of excited about right from the get-go because I have so many different stories around it, especially working for a larger chain corporation. Um, yeah where I, I was curious as to where you were with it because you've worked, you know, um, your local mom and pops mostly, right? You've had a few. Yeah. Know, um, the, uh, 37 uh, slices <laughs> um, where you've definitely worked with a large chain corporation too. But I'm wondering, well, I don't know. We'll see where the episode goes, man. It'll be interesting. Um, So backstory, um, because, you know, obviously these always come with a story. Uh, I work for, (laughs) for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I work for a large chain retailer. Um, In fact, I think... I think we're the first largest grocer, second largest retailer in the U.S. Um, And it's just a process of going around and buying everything and all that and whatnot. Um, And when COVID hit back in uh, 2019, the demands of the job place changed uh, kind of drastically. and one of the things that was necessary for the job place was uh, cleaning. So they, being my corporate overlords, uh, <laughs> went and got, um, they set up a deal with a company that builds 
and programs um robotic floor cleaners or autonomous floor cleaners let's it's not really a robot it's an automaton um and then you know we set up a marker and we program it to drive in a specific fashion and then we babysit it while it does that and we also have a pressure washer style machine um that has a vacuum attachment to it that we use to clean the restrooms um, and basically it's to maximize the cleanliness of the store for the customer during the COVID era. Now, there was a small part of me that thought that the company that I work for would continue this program um, because we're a lot cheaper than hiring a third party. Um, and very recently, a month ago, after two years of working in this position, I got told that, um, you know, corporate decided to cancel it. They saw a pile of money uh, and they set it on fire. Um, and there's this constant clean the store. Here's a rag. Right. Uh, there's don't have robot constant, money anymore. Uh, there's this constant joke that the people up at corporate have some kind of dartboard and it's got each individual department <laughs> on it. And they're like, who do we, who do we fuck today for our bonus? And they just right into the dartboard. And uh, apparently it landed See, on my department. I, yeah. I, I don't know. With, with darts, there seems to be some semblance of skill. I, I, when I imagine situations like that, I imagine it like a big wheel. Uh, I was thinking, wheel of maybe fortune or maybe something. monkeys flinging poo at a dartboard. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, it, it boils down to a great statement that some person who has more college experience than I have was able to rise to the ranks to make that decision. And mm -hmm. again, I look at it like this. It's like, um, I left, I left my final day was, uh, yesterday actually it was thursday and um i had a month of it i had a month of advance and the the depth of this was that i get approached not by my first manager but by my second um who i really appreciate i i think that i will tell stories about my first when my first is officially left the store <laughs> um for reasons um but my yeah, second that, is actually. one my second is one that i appreciate and i'm not I'm not overly concerned of her hearing of this particular venture of my life the podcast specifically mm -hmm. um she was very kind about the whole entire thing and was just um really you know apologetic about it you know and it's like you don't have to be it's not your fault you know um mm -hmm. but when she was sitting in on the meeting, they even mentioned that we are cheaper than a third party cleaning crew and that they recognize that it's kind of a waste of money to get rid of us, but because we're not going anywhere, we're union. So I just got yeah. shoved back into the department that I was labeled under. So rather than doing cleaning now, I'm just going to be stocking shelves at night which i was there's that there's that bittersweet to it where i'm like i'm totally happy about it because i don't have to work 
grave crew anymore. And I finally get a chance to kind of get some of my life back. Um, yeah. Cause when you work grave, it's, it's difficult. It's, I mean, we, we have a three hour time difference and that's already mm-hmm. stressful, but on top of that, getting to the point where you and I are sitting recording, like that is a difficulty in and of itself. And yeah, cause you'll be getting off like 30 minutes after I get off. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and so I think that, I think that options on the ground are going to expand for us podcast wise. And I think that, um, the time that I get to spend with my family is going to change as well. And I'm really, you know, like I'm excited for it. It's a new venture for me. Um, I'm going back to a time slot that I know and I love while performing new tasks at work and getting that knowledge and that experience and learning um, and continuing that decade of work that I've done for this company. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's one of those moments where, you know, I've thought about it and it's like, if this ever, if blue collar ever gets so popular that I don't have to work for this company anymore, it's like, how am I going to feel about it? Cause when I walked out on third, uh, when I walked out yesterday, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, it was with remorse. It was really weird. I was like, I feel so connected to what I was doing and it just hurts yeah. to say goodbye to it for the last time, you know? And I, I was like that, that machine, the, the T seven was my fucking baby, man. Um, I, I, and I've got a lot of stories about it, you know, um, where again, it it ties in, it ties in heavily to the topic of conversation today, where just people get high enough up the ladder where they're Mm -hmm. like, I'm high enough up the totem pole that I don't have to breathe oxygen anymore. And now I don't have the brain cells to function correctly. Um, (laughs) yeah. When, when every actual person with actual lives gets reduced to a numerical value, it's, I, I don't know. It's something I've never agreed with, but yeah. And in our own dealings and, and hopefully future success, that'll never be a thing. Um, I'm really hoping so. If we, if we're able to really, you know, expand the plans of transitional living productions into what we want to expand it to, we would never treat our associates the way that we've been treated when we work for a massive corporation. I, mean, yeah. I, you know, I'm not the type who's like, I'm going to give you a number. I'm more the type that's like, what's your creative outlet? But I mean, that's the entire premise of transitional living is to focus mm-hmm. on people's creative outlets to build. Yeah. And to build them up, you exactly. know, we, we may be a stepping stone for a lot of people, you know, we'll, we'll never contractually hold them back. I mean, art galleries know, they, they have... that art galleries that feature artists who are not world famous. Yeah, yeah art galleries that sell artworks for an affordable price to you know people who are there for the art not for the dollar sign that's attached to it that kind of stuff yeah. and you know i don't know that's that's all beside the point when it comes yeah. to when it comes to working for a large corporation i think that the biggest thing that i've learned over the years is that <laughs> I might be seen as a number by my corporate overlords. I might get ignored by the people who are directly under those corporate overlords. And I might even be ignored by some of the people that are at store level. Actually, that's very common lately um, because of the uh, assistant store, whatever. (laughs) Um, They they really do. uh, 
you know, it's 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 kind of fucked up, but I have a nickname for the back office where they all sit and hang out all day. Um, I call it the Minesweeper Laboratory. Um, <laughs> they've, they've perfected new and profound techniques in their Minesweeper skills. Um, and they come out and they yell at you and they're like, you're not doing this right. And then they go back and they play their Minesweeper and they come out a couple hours later, you know. But yeah. I mean, that's that's part of working in a corporate structure. And that's one of the reasons where, like, I tell people I'm so happy with my union. I refuse to walk away from it. And any time yeah. that I've been offered, excuse me, even the position of person in charge, which is not managerial, it's the step towards managerial. I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, you can take that and shove it. I'm not doing shit for you for an extra 25 cents an hour. Maybe I'm doing this because this is what, you know, this is what I want to do. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, I think it's important that I continue carrying on with the union that I have, you know, I, I find that that job security, that level of job security and that level of, you know, protection that I have is far more important than, you know, running a group of people, especially a group of people that might not always agree with what I have to say. You know, it's like, at least where I stand now, they see 10 years, uh, 10 years with the company, like this guy knows his shit. And I don't, when I talk to the associates, I talk to them associate to associate. I'm not your boss. I don't run your show, you know? Mm -hmm. And again, there's a level of respect that comes with it because of how long I've worked for this company and because of the shit that I know. And that to me is far more valuable than, you know, the extra hierarchy. Yeah, exactly. The extra 25 cents an hour. And I, and I've said it multiple times on this podcast before, but I terrify myself with absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. It's something that I truly believe in myself that the moment you give me an inch, Oh, I'm going to push you a mile. And that's not a good thing. I don't, I don't trust in myself to be the type of leader that doesn't rule with an iron fist. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I've always been pretty laid back about it. Just do your fucking job. That's that's all I ask. You want to you want to dick off on your phone? Is your job done? No, I get a phone. Yes. Okay, I don't give a shit. See, and that's the beauty. That's the beauty of not running the show is that as an associate, I can be like, I don't fucking care if you're because I've had kids walk past me on their cell phone and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, wait, what are you sorry to me for? I don't give a shit. (laughs) Are you doing your job? Then I don't fucking care. I'm not your boss. You go ahead and text all you want. I am going to warn you now, though, that if, you know, so and so sees you doing it, they're going to come down hard on you. So, yeah. you know, I, all it, down your rack. Yeah, exactly. And maybe I'd be that type of manager, but I can't. Oh, God. <laughs> this is when why we can't have stock, nice right? things. <laughs> um, uh. <laughs> I, like 30 seconds into my spiel, realized what you said. Um, but anyways, I mean, I, I think that, you know, it, it, it's it's the toughest part of working with a corporation is the fact that you do have to deal with people who are not boots on the ground, who don't know what the fuck Mm -hmm. is going on. Um, But again, you know, they're, they're, 
they, they've got that college education that's better than yours. And so they know more than you do. And it's like, all right, well, if that's what you think, then I can't. I mean, I don't disagree. Yeah, no, that, that kind of takes me back to to um, I, I heard this once a long time ago that uh, the definition of wisdom is knowledge rightly applied. And yeah, they have a lot of knowledge, but if they if they hold no wisdom, if they're not making it applicable, then I, I don't know. It's. I think. I try I not always, to. I always wish to see the store director or the. CEO that has the experience at store level, the CEO who worked his way up from courtesy clerk through every department to figure out how he got to where he is and understands the drawbacks that come with it. Right. Mm -hmm. And the problem I have is that the more it's, it's, it's a numbers game, right? So the way that I look at it is what number is being put into the company's bank account and what number is being put into my bank account like that's what they care about right and in my case it's like i already know what the number on my check is going to be which is nice um it's not it's that that's the beauty of being hourly is i know what my check is going to look like um Mm -hmm. and i think even the beauty of being salaried manager at store level is that you will receive the same amount every single time yeah. you know exactly what you're getting where it gets muddy is you know higher up because they have bonuses that they do for those mm-hmm. people and i mean again i think i look at it like this is a structure that's flawed you should you know i want to i want i would love to tell my store director um without him laughing me out of the store <laughs> that you should break that bonus apart and spread it across all of your associates. Like, it's nice that you get that bonus and I get that you're, you know, putting your kid through school, but if you were to, you know, just show that level of camaraderie for your people, like that would be one of those things that it's, it's great. Huge to morale see. boost. Yeah. yeah massive. No, I mean, even, boost. even if he took, you know, the entirety you know, of his bonus and split it between himself and included all of the, uh, other yeah. associates absolutely you know, that that's inclusivity he, he would you know and 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 i mean that's really that's really the tough thing with working in a corporation is that you get to see that they do have that option and that they never take it you know it's that again absolute power corrupts absolutely and i'm mm. a, i know it, you know again it's it's not that i don't it's not that i don't understand their situation it's not that i don't understand where they're the, they're you know it's not that i don't understand where they're coming from it's just like there's a way that you could unify there's a way that you could prove that you're better than the rest you know and yeah. it never happens um, shake the system <laughs> well and i've had i've had store directors who've worked every department usually people that are in that seat typically have worked every department so they know what it's like but that's the yeah. problem is have you worked every position in every department um have you have you been so pivotal to the company that you've worked every position in every department the kama sutra of business <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey there's an idea i wonder yeah. if i get sued by india uh anyways so do you have anything you want to throw in 
Well, I mean, yeah, I've been, I don't know. I've been pretty lucky in the uh, lack of hierarchy because of my uh, working career. I mean, other than the Navy, because uh, most officers are, you know, I, I can't speak for all of them, but they're, they're kind of dicks. And most of the time, not all the time, but when you call an enlisted person, sir, um, they say, I'm not an officer. I work for a living. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I've, I've definitely seen, you know, at the, uh, small Roman place, uh, emperor's first choices. Ah, um, I don't know. I, I saw that, uh, <laughs> they want you to do more and more with less and less. Uh, at the time they were cutting my hours to a ridiculous amount, but wanted me to, uh, train, new incoming people on proper procedures because I had had more time in, uh, they didn't want a power struggle cause we were without management for a while. So they're like, Hey, you know, we want to cut your hours down to 11 hours, but I would also like you to, uh, come in early, leave late off the clock to, uh, train these individuals. And, uh, basically I said, uh, Nope. <laughs> and, um, then I, uh, I don't know, on my exit interview, I wrote uh, on the uh, closing <laughs> comments, thanks for the XP. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, going back through our podcasts, I remember you talking about the exit interview. Um, and I was t- talking about how I, if I remember correctly, I had an NDA with Kmart. That was weird. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, that's always... I don't know. It's a trip, you know, working for working for a large corporation and you somehow seem to have lucked out and you just always manage to get yourself caught up with, you know, small time business, which is, I think, far more, far more noble. Um, but the money is personal. No, it, it's not. But I mean, I get I'm the best paid liquor store uh, salesman in this greater area. I Lucky mean, suck. I make. Yeah, no, I mean, within two months, I had two raises, like minimum wage at the time, I think it was like 1125. And the owner was just like, mm, now nah, I'm gonna bump you up, you're gonna make uh, 1375 now. And yeah. we're like, holy shit, awesome. And then literally not even two months later, I'm sitting in a bar, and he sends me a message and says, Hey, Josh, just want to let you know, I'm a uh, I'm, pay, I'm giving you a pay raise again. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you make 15 an hour now. And I was like, holy fuck, man. Thanks. Oh, man. Yeah. 15, I remember those days. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I. so under, under our union, it's funny because they, uh, one of the things that I think is really funny is that there's, um, there's always this idea of keeping us quiet about, about our financials, right. And mm-hmm. not talking about what we make on average, um, which is hilarious because pretty much everybody at store associate level, not management, but associate level knows mm-hmm. how much we make. Everybody else right? makes. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's because of the way that our union contract is written. And the funny mm-hmm. thing about it is that apparently it's not legal for companies to tell you not to talk about your wages. 
I don't know how yeah. true that is, so don't quote me on it. But I was gonna say I, I have the same no or information. Yeah. Yeah, I have the same the information. Um, and it's one of those things where the reason that they try to tell you not to is because we know how much our CEO makes, right? And we mm-hmm. also know how much we make. And I'm like, dude, that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. No, you can demand, you know, what you're worth. And that's yep. something that they definitely don't want. Why yep. pay somebody, you know, $25 an hour when you can get away with paying them $13 an hour? See, honestly, it's all about cresting that overhead and maximizing profits. So honestly, right now, I mean, you say, you know, why pay somebody what they're worth? Why, why pay them 25 when you can pay them 13? And it's like, I'm mm-hmm. at, 2450. This is big information for anybody listening to this podcast, but I really don't care. I'm unionized in Washington state and that's still fucking low for what we do. Um, wow. I don't, I, again, I don't mind it as much cause I'm doing a lot fucking better than I was a couple of years ago when I first started out with this company. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's that union protection, but they keep fighting and they keep fighting and we keep getting pay raises. And our last one was a massive $2 pay raise on our contract. Nice. And um, at that, that to me is awesome. Right now, there's a big struggle and a big push to fight for the way that they structure ours. And that's the, my, my hope is that... Um, my hope is that they have the ability. So basically the way that it works is that you have to be available seven days in order to work a 40 hour work week. Um, Mm. Otherwise they can't guarantee you 40 hours, right? Well, due to certain things that are happening in my life, I can only work four of those seven days. And I got told we can only guarantee you 12, but exactly. Right. And I was like, you know what? Tell you what, you start giving me those 12, I'm going to start finding other things to do. And um, I think that the the person who told me is one of those people that I trust to not give me 12. Like I, I trust that I'm going to be working far more than 12 hours a week. Um, yeah. Because first and foremost, I know what our staffing looks like, but second off, she's not the type of person to screw me over like that. She understands mm. my need. But she, I think she also understands that I'm one of those people who's just kind of like, I openly told her, I think this might be my last year with the company. I'm already looking yeah. at other things. I've got bigger, better dreams that I want to move on to and work for, uh, work towards. And I feel like I'm stagnating working in a grocery store. I've learned what I need to know about this place. And it really, it's been fun. Um, you know, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's at a point where I'm under challenged. I'm not bored or I'm very bored when I should be not, <laughs> not <bored>. challenged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I should be challenged and I'm, I'm not saying I know everything, but I'm saying I know quite a bit. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, anyways, anyways, is there anything else on the subject that you would like to discuss? Yeah, I mean, like I said, not really. I don't have a plethora of uh, experiences with larger corporations. Yeah. And the ones that I do are so minimal. Like, uh, I worked for um, uh, the Red for a while. Um, and that, like, two days I worked for them. And 
the fact that it immediately started feeling like a pyramid scheme <laughs> already turned me off to it. Uh, you know, I nailed the interview because I was like, well, listen, you're going to get rejected a lot. And I was like, so you want me to go out, talk to people and get them to give this company money? But some of them might say no. I was like, shit, man, that's how I used to survive. <laughs> I just put the money in my pocket instead of for another you know, company. Um, but yeah, then, you know, I, I know I've told you before, but my buddy uh, Mike Johannes that I was uh, locked up with uh, ended up getting shot in the face, like literally right around the corner from me. And so they called all of us back and I was just like, uh, yeah, I, I, I know that dude. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't like this job. I don't mm -hmm. like this scene. I'm just, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was a whole two days of bullshit. Like, well, I've been with this, you know, organization for this long and, you know, he didn't discuss wages, but based on how he was dressed and, you know, what he drove a nice brand new Mercedes and stuff, he was doing very well for himself. Yeah. Um, but how are but, the people uh, underneath him doing is the question. Exactly. That's what that's why I came off as a pyramid scheme is yeah. trying to build what he called um, his team. Because um, apparently he had, you know, kickbacks for every member of his team. Right. You know, basically everything that they put forward, he got to reap in benefits for. So, like I said, it's just sound like a fucking pyramid scheme. It's usually but, um, what they are. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, I did go to an interview for a pyramid scheme. <laughs> so I had, I've been to a number of them. Um, I usually, I, I, you know, in my early 20s, there came a point where I thought interviewing for them was hilarious. Um, yeah. Because I would just, I would just post up my, I would just post up my resume everywhere. And then I'd get callbacks, but like I would be like, damn it, you know, I'd, I'd have to walk out and be like, fuck, this is a pyramid scheme. I'm not doing this. And mm. uh, there came a point where <laughs> there came a point where it just kind of got to the point where it was hilarious, where yeah. I would show up and I'd be like, this is a fucking pyramid scheme. And they're like, you're <laughs> going to sit here and you're going to do this. And I'm like, yeah. And then like midway through, I got to go. Well, that's not a good look for you. I'd be like, doesn't matter this is a pyramid scheme no nobody ever said that and it's like i'm saying it <laughs> it's multi-market it's multi-level marketing like it's bullshit you know it's a pyramid scheme i know it's a pyramid scheme anyone in here who doesn't know it's a pyramid scheme i'm sorry well you're just yeah. not going to be successful sure I'll talk to you about that a that's the only reason he now, said that because because he, he he's just uh, afraid of hard work just afraid of hard work apparently he doesn't want to make his own hours and be his own boss right exactly <laughs> um i had i had a quick anecdote before we got off that was again ties back into some of the what we're talking about but this is more of a weird story than anything uh -huh. um so i'm coming in i'm coming in to work off of a three-day no four-day weekend um you know, it's like I'm, you got that excitement. Like, you, you, yeah, I'm coming back. Like, I dreaded it a little bit, but now I'm back, right? And uh, I walk past the manager's office, and um, they're all sitting there. And huh. they're not talking. They're just sitting staring at their computers. And as a weird curiosity, I'm like, man, pop in and say hi, right? And I walk mm -hmm. in. All of these higher-up managers are staring 
Not a single computer screen was turned on. They're just staring at blank screens. And I was like, <laughs> I, I walk That's out. The last time Sean like, gets to bring lunch. Right. I was like, I, I walked out. I, I, I walked in and I was like, hello. And they're all just kind of like, hello. And I walked back out and was like, I'm either being fucked with right now or there's some weird Illuminati shit happening in that back room. <laughs> Like I stepped in on a fucking lizard people meeting, apparently. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think that that conspiracy theory is utterly fucking ridiculous. Plausible, maybe, but ridiculous, 100%. I <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's kind of like it, it, one more touch on the conspiracy theory thing. Um, no offense to any of her listeners out there. We, we absolutely love anyone who, who takes the time to tune in. But I just have to say that... <laughs> The whole Democratic versus Republican thing, and I swear this would be the only thing semi-political. It, when they go, well, you know, the Democratic, uh, or, or, you know, the, the Democrats uh, uh, fabricated COVID. Um, they were in, um, they colluded with every other world leader, yep. and they they made all of this happen. And I'm like, hot damn! Even for the worst of the worst. I have to pay huge respect to the Democratic Party if they were able to actually do that to get every world leader on board with this. (laughs) I mean, we can't even get them to agree on fucking land disputes. That's amazing that we were able to get them to agree to that so that we could so that they could oust the Republican Party. Yeah, I was, that's amazing that like the <laughs> the precision, the execution oh, of uh, like formulating that. that plan and executing it on a global scale. Yeah. Holy fuck. Well, yeah, I guess that that that's good management skill right there. <laughs> I think I get I get less of that conspiracy theorist stuff. At least I did when I was at Shoreline. I feel like I get a little bit more of it at Mill Creek. There are a lot of people up there who little more republican uh up there which you know to teach their own you're allowed to have your own opinions and i I, the conspiracy theories got more wild when i moved up that direction for work yeah Um, i mean i'm i'm in like the panhandle of maryland where i'm surrounded by virginia west virginia and pennsylvania and it is thick here like Anyway, nope, nope, can't do that. We're not, we're not even jumping into that because. <laughs> well, so music-wise. I mean, yeah. Um, well, actually, it's our quick and our interesting, and then we'll get into the music. Okay. Again. Yeah. 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 Quick and interesting. You uh, you got a little something. Um. You know, I had like literally ten seconds ago. Yeah. It was um, about uh, <laughs> fingerprints. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna say the cheesy dad joke. Ah, oh, maybe. It. Um, it. It, it's. It. I don't even. I don't even think it's a joke so much <laughs> as a, a riddle. Um, maybe that's something I'll start doing: is posing a riddle and then giving the answer <laughs> next episode. But not this one. Um, so a detective walks into a uh, just this, this uh, terrible crime scene. And um, he sees a bunch of uh, bodies and a bunch of um, uh, blood-soaked koalas. He shakes his head and goes, nope, and then walks out. And the reason for that is that koalas have uh, fingerprints that are almost indistinguishable from human beings and just as unique. 
so <laughs> it's like uh the forensics lab um yeah th this is a problem that we have in the u.s we 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 base our knowledge off of what we see on shit like cis and whatnot right and, csi yeah yeah csi sorry csi crime scene investigation not crime investigation crime investigation <laughs> it's that yoda <laughs> so, comment from earlier huh yeah, exactly um <laughs> so i think one of the one of the things that we struggle with is the concept that forensic science is not nearly as accurate as we would like to believe it is there is a really good instance where they found a hair and they were able to match it to said criminal but then going back through the case they found it was dog hair it wasn't the criminal's yeah. hair it was dog hair and it's like this is one of those things where i'm like dude criminal science is not absolute um <laughs> it's like it's a brown hair yeah the guy on the camera had brown hair he's guilty <laughs> yeah exactly exactly well the, the koala bear had the same fingerprint that i did yeah you know, see what yeah. i mean um yeah. prove it wasn't a so, bear it was man bear pig <laughs> it's man bear pig it's half man half bear pig um yeah. so or half man half bear pig my my interesting um I, I is a topic that i've half-heartedly studied and i think it's because i want to formulate a comedic opinion on the subject mm. specifically um because it in, in the grand scheme of things it's a comedy of errors it's it's a tragedy the way that things worked out so i don't want anyone to feel like i'm disparaging i, I feel like yeah, I feel like that is the scientific method. Uh, it's just your personal twist. Because yeah. I mean, trial and error is a scientific method, but so, it, it's all about delivery. For anyone who knows me, one of my favorite uh, pieces of information to study, and it's because we have such a vast wealth of knowledge about the situation in and of itself, is World War II. Um, and that boils down to what was happening in the world at the time and just the amount of documentation that was coming through at that point in time. Um, mm -hmm. We, our technology was getting vastly better than it was. And because of the Treaty of Versailles after World War One, the French were nervous about another possible invasion. So what had happened in, I think it was 1914, um, Kaiser Wilhelm tried to push divisions into Belgium so that he could get around the Ardennes forest and get into France. And because of the way that trench, trench warfare worked, there was just a, they, they just dug lines and they would make little tiny pushes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And we're pretty much locked in combat that way continuously um, on the French. <laughs> I'm sorry to cut you off. I just fucking <laughs> the Germans just going uh, when we introduced the shotgun <laughs> for trench warfare. <laughs> There's a, That's not fair. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> really? Really? Mr. Well, mustard gas really <laughs> that's yeah i was gonna say that's kind of funny because they were they they they, they were lobbing mustard gas when we told them yeah. specifically no gas <laughs> and they still yeah. did it so um kaiser wilhelm was a bit of a dick um 
<laughs> so um with 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 that they the, the french learned from it and decided what they were going to do was that they were going to build a wall and that wall was going to be a defensive outlet to prevent the germans from invading in the event that germany decided to invade and that wall was called the maginot line so there were a couple of different things that i wanted to bring into play for this uh and 39 Adolf Hitler's, you know, knows that this wall has been put up and says, well, we have to punch through the wall. So he invents what's called Scherver Gustav. Um, or do, he goes to somebody to invent Scherver Gustav. And the guy comes up with this massive train that has to run on four different tracks, um, has the largest gun barrel in history. Uh, packs, the rail gun. Yeah, yeah it's the rail gun. <laughs> it's called Scherer Gustav, um, but but for all intensive purposes, it's the rail gun. Um, and this thing is massive. Go look it up on YouTube if you're interested. Um, but what ends up happening is he gets impatient. Hitler gets impatient and is like, "Fuck it, we're not even going to use the rail gun." What we're going to do instead is we're going to hop a bunch of our Panzer divisions and our Wehrmacht divisions up on meth. They called it Pervitin. Um, we're going to hop them all up on meth. And instead of going instead of going through the Maginot line, we're just going to go around it because these people seem to think that we can't get through this forest that's supposed to be impenetrable. Well, never underestimate a dictator on meth because... <laughs> because Boy, howdy, if you look at the way that things worked out for France during World War II, the Nazis got through. They were able to push right through to Paris. And if I remember correctly, I think Paris fell within a week of them getting into France. It, it, it was disgusting how fast it fell. Um, they also shoved a bunch of divisions into Belgium and they did the same shit. They just blitzkrieged in Belgium, uh, Belgium and then fucking right across the line into France. But coming through the Ardennes was truly the sneak attack that nobody was expecting because the French were like, the Ardennes forest is impenetrable. They cannot get through. Oh, how wrong. I went in there once and I was lost for a week. Now on the opposite side of that, Hitler still has this fucking rail gun that he didn't use against the Maginot line, right? So when they enact Operation Barbarossa, which was the Russian invasion, um, first and foremost, it's important that you know that Stalin was allied with Adolf Hitler in the early years of the war. Um, but Stalin also knew that Hitler hated the Russians almost as much as he hated the Jews because Hitler had read or uh, because Stalin had read Mein Kampf. So he knew like this dude's going to fucking betray me and everybody Churchill Roosevelt, even Neville Chamberlain, when he was still the uh, British prime minister was like, do not ally with this guy. Cause this dude's going to fucking betray you. And Stalin, I think what he was trying to do was just stall for time. Um, it's like <laughs> he was I know Stalin? he was Stalin for Stalin. He was Stalin for time. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Stalin yeah, was Stalin for time. So, anyways, until the right moment, and then he was the Russian. Dad jokes. The dad jokes. <laughs> so he's sitting there. He's sitting there, knowing it's coming, right? And like I can't even imagine how that must feel when you're sitting in your little KGB office, and then mm -hmm. you know some Russian dude comes in and he's like, "It's not good," and. <laughs> You're just like, oh, crap. I knew this was coming. I knew it was going to be bad. Yeah, um, sir, it's happened. So they have this, they have this gun train, and 
what they do is they ship that shit up to Russia. They, I think they stationed it outside of Sevastopol. And <laughs> I just, uh, yeah. I want you to get the cool. image because this is not what it was like at all. But again, for comedic purposes, this is how I perceive it. Like they just all of a sudden out of nowhere, a giant curtain shows up. Right. And occasionally <laughs> like a Nazi will poke his head around and just be like, yeah, don't look back here. We are building this strudel <laughs> machine so we can feed the populace. Yeah. And the Russians are like, there's something going on behind that curtain. And then they hear a bunch of clanging and banging as though something's being built. And they're like, I don't think that that's a strudel machine because you guys are at war with us. So they go and they see what it is. And it's a giant fuck off rail gun. Right. And so what they do is they run back into the town and they're like, Yuri, other Yuri, we got to go like we got to dip because they're building a giant fuck off gun back there. And so everybody leaves and you're not going to build a giant rail gun and not fucking use it. Right. So they fucking leveled an well, empty I mean, the city. first time. But, you know, yeah, the first time. So they leveled an empty city. Right. And of course, you know, Hitler sees what happens and he's like, yeah, that makes, you know, no sense at all. It's a waste of money. This was a terrible idea. We should totally disband with it. We're absolutely never going to use this again, except Hitler was on fucking meth. So they used it a second time and the same <laughs> thing happened. And it was it was in a different location and we do it in Sevastopol. And there, uh, by the way, there were two heavy gun trains. And I know I, I can only remember heavy Gustav or Sherver Gustav. I think the other one was called the Dora, but I could be wrong about that. I know that they had two of them and they tried the same shit twice and it didn't fucking well, work either destroyer. time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just, they, well, and the Russians, I mean, they were, I just, I'll tell you what, man, they, they knew like they, they, they were like, there's just not, there's, there's nothing for it. All we've got to do is starve them out of Russia and wait for winter. Right. And right there are a number of factors that led to Hitler's massive downfall just in, just in Russia alone. I mean, he fucked up a lot all over the globe in theory. Um, he fucked up a lot all over Europe and Africa. Uh, he made a lot of big fucking mistakes, but with Russia specifically, his xenophobia and his fucking racism were a massive, massive downfall. It could have ended very, very differently for him, but because he was a racist piece of shit, he <laughs> he just he ended up making himself look fucking foolish. And a lot of that was based in the fact that he didn't think that Russians would burn down their shit and walk away from it. That was mind blowing to him. I, I he just could not. Why did they leave this it. stuff? Why, yeah. why did they leave this stuff? Why did they set all their shit on fire? Now they don't have any food. Yeah, well, now your fucking troops don't have any food either, dumbass. Mm -hmm. And 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 then you know, you of course, banking doesn't exist. Exactly. And basically, the the idea of you you go ahead, you know, go ahead and fight this Russian winner. You look at you look at uh, you look at the Nazi uniforms um, in World War Two. And you'll see it. These uniforms are polished and they're primped. And they, I mean, I don't want to say a Nazi uniform looks nice, but, you know, they very, very, very um, trimmed up for the mm -hmm. battlefield. Like it's, well, I just, mean, most military uniforms are like that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, but this is different. I mean, you look at the Russian uniforms during the time period, they're hideous, they're disgusting, <laughs> but they're super warm, right? 
so they knew how to manage their winter and the Nazis had no fucking clue what they were walking into. It was so cold. The oil in their, in the, in their oil lines would freeze. They couldn't start their engines. They, they, they totally got fucked over um, because they got led into battle by a fucking methed out racist idiot <laughs> and 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 this this is my response is that it's it's horrific the atrocities that oh you monster uh, <laughs> you know you're gonna play with the filters now eh? um it's it's horrific the atrocities that hitler committed and i'm never ever going to say how do i put this i'm never going to say anything to bolster the way that the man did things because i disagreed with it completely um Mm -hmm. the response is that hitler was a fucking racist piece of shit but things could have ended very differently had he not been he's a murderous fucking monster yeah he's a murderous fucking monster had he you know what i I have to congratulate you i I swear that i wasn't going to do anything more fucking political um but uh, you know you you did something that the former president couldn't do you you just condemned nazis good job you're above presidential I, i applaud you sir as you know, my only tattoo is the tattoo that you gave me. It's a Dead Kennedys tattoo. And one of yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah. ever songs from them is Nazi Punk's Fuck Off. Oh, fuck yeah. You know what? I have to actually agree. That's yeah. easily in the top five. It's a Which, song you know that, what? Uh, it's a song that you should just take to heart and and just yell at any fucking Nazi that you ever see. Nazi Punk, fuck off. Yeah. They're, you're not a good person. You got to stop being a Nazi. That's not okay. We we got yeah I uh, I lost a a, I lost a customer it wasn't a big loss because he buys like two fucking tall boys a beer Um, but yeah no we 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 lost a uh, customer recently because some you know fat racist fucking piece of shit came in and was bragging about uh, that his cousin did some racist ass shit and he was laughing about it I was like (laughs) wow that is fucking stupid. And he's like, what? He's like, no, 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 you don't understand, man. The ball's on this guy. Like, he could have been shot. I was like, yeah, wow, that's just fucking ignorant. That is really fucking stupid. Your total is 239. And he's like, uh, I haven't seen him since. That was like a month and a half ago. Oh, shit. Like, okay. I was like, I, I don't fucking take that shit. Like, yeah. a lot of our clientele are black, and uh, a lot of them I would consider friends. And yep. that's one of those things, like, it's a safe space. We've had people come in, running their mouth, um, being all hyphy and shit. And I'm like, nope, check your shit at the door. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, man. And those that still get hyphy, I'm like, nope, take it outside. Yeah. yeah we're not doing this in here. This is a fuck-free zone, man. Racism is just one of those things that I, I'm, I'm like, look, you, you're, you're a person. You're people are people it doesn't matter what their skin color is it doesn't matter what their orientation is you are a good person to me until you prove otherwise and one of the things that is a massive fucking drawback for me is racists i just i i'm Mm. like dude that is such a fucking you need to go pick up a book you need to study anatomy and you need to understand that skin color is just pigmentation that's it Mm -hmm. there's nothing there's nothing separating there's nothing that should separate 
you know us from them it should be one cohesive human race um, yeah and that's 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 tricky and you're right let's 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 veer from the politics so yeah yeah um music wise though man you mentioned the dead kennedys uh nazi uh yeah yeah no that's that's uh it's a big one i've been i've been Look going back <laughs> yeah yeah it's a good one um no uh, my buddy johnny at work the other night was just like you know what are you listening to because my headphones in and yeah. we, we try not to uh because there's an amp at work and i do play music from time to time but a lot of it's like you know big band and swing and Ooh. you know or or stuff that's you know like my Frank Sinatra Pandora station or something like that. But um, when I'm listening to stuff where I'm like, <laughs> because you didn't send me. Anything. <laughs> I pay all the money for Spotify. You use your goddamn Spotify account. <laughs> okay. Duly noted. I will. I do. I do listen to what you said me. Um, but yes, I, I will. I will try to make the transition. It's not easy. Just start trying to pull um, playlists to fuck with you. That's what I yeah, should do. You should. No, because that'll get me switched. Um, but anyway, so but I was listening to uh, my against me um, station Ooh. and there's quite a I was telling them, you know, there's 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 quite a few uh, like anti authoritarian kind of stuff on there and yeah. a lot of stuff. I, you know, I can't have some fucking street punk band going you know all cops are bastards um fuck the police you know every third song because some of our clientele is you know pigs cops sorry some of them are cops some of them are pigs um i do try to make the distinction um it is a job but when it amplifies negative personality traits okay away from politics anyway um so i found a nice little gem that i'd never uh heard before um from uh i'm gonna use i'm not gonna use the dead name but uh laura jane grace from Mm -hmm. against me um back uh way back when uh she had um i don't know if it was like an ep or something but uh called heartburns and her song conceptual paths is fantastic it's I remember the first time I heard them, I was in an art class in uh, high school uh-huh. and a teacher of mine um, had a had a had a liking for them, loaned me the album because I was instantly interested and in, uh, in, in, instantly interested in it. Uh, the, fir- the first mm-hmm. song on that particular album was Miami. In fact, I think that was the title of the album, too. It was a fucking killer track, and then th- it had "Don't Lose Touch" on it, and that was oh, know, that is pre- a good one. Yeah, uh, it was. That was pre. That was. Are you sure that it was Miami. Was... Huh. Um, I thought that was on uh, the same album as "Sink Florida Sink." That was the one, "Sink Florida Sink." Okay. Yeah. Miami was the first track of that, and uh, yeah. that that album man that was just a that was just a rocker for right from start to finish and that was that was before the laura times um, yeah yeah I, I i would you said the dead you said you wouldn't say the dead name and i'm like i don't even know the the dead name i know laura's well, name just just for information yeah um tom gable um tom rest gable, in peace that's right and okay. glad laura jane grace is with us um but yeah it's it's too fucking easy to be respectful <laughs> sorry yeah it's the too last easy one. <laughs> um 
I thought that that was a really, I thought that that was a really, uh, that was one of those ones where I, 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 yeah, well, I don't know. I don't want to get too deep into the weeds. So yeah, yeah. my particular choice for this week was um, the guess who shared the land. Um, Ooh, yeah, that's another one I've been recently going back and listening to. A yeah, lot yeah, more I like. I, I'm quite fond of Burton Cummings' uh, singing style. Um, he's 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 got this just incredible range uh, and does things with his voice that are just you know phenomenal. And yeah. it kind of it kind of goes back to that message that I was just touting a few moments ago. Share the land, you know. Everybody love one another. Um, it it just kept, uh, it, it doesn't matter the skin color, doesn't matter the religion, doesn't matter the orientation, none of that shit. Just love one another, be good to one another. Um, and I think that that song uh, really tracks with me. It resonates. It's a it's a very good song. And then the other one that I wanted to throw out was Don't Step on the Grass, Sam, from Steppenwolf. I think I've put this one in before. No, you haven't. I haven't? You did. I don't think so. Okay. Well, um, You and I were talking about it recently. So the thing that's so cool about it was that there was an operation back in the 70s. Um, and I think it was Reagan that did it. Um, he had he had he had Border Patrol raid the mexican border and like shake a bunch of people up um to stop weed from coming in and i think it was called operation intercept and it it was just the dumbest operation on the planet it was just a fucking waste of taxpayer money um because they were pissed off about people smuggling weed into the country right and my response to weed at home (laughs) my response to reagan is good weed yeah exactly my response to reagan's this it's like you know if look at where we are in society today we have a handful of states who've completely legalized we have a handful of states who are moving towards full legalization we have a handful of states that have medicinal only um some of those states are red states one of the states i never thought would fucking legalize weed legalized weed so um good job is it texas we're no it's nevada um oh oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah. man that was Dude, i remember that weird. old school fucking billboard yeah, yeah. The, 25 the, to life um, if you're caught gambling with weed yeah, yeah um yeah. I, I, it's again, I, I grew up there and to me, I was like, this is a state that will never fucking go for it. And, um, they decriminalized it in the nineties and then they, um, they passed a medicinal bill and then all of a sudden they're just a green state. Um, and yeah. one of the cool things is, is that you can, I think you can grow up to 12 plants if you're nice. within a certain set of miles away from your local weed store. I think it has to be like 12 miles or something like that. Um, That's too far to drive. (laughs) Man, I forgot my wallet. You want to go back for it? Nah, it's too far. And then name that movie. (laughs) I can't remember. It's yeah, no, it's it's uh, Harold and Kumar go to White House. Oh shit! Yeah, that's right. Yeah, when they're in the hallway. Yeah, yeah. It's it's probably been a minute, but okay. yeah. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a long time. Um. And, so and I just I, I just want to I just want to shoot out a third one um, that kind of stumbled uh, that, that that fell into my lap a couple of days ago, especially mm-hmm. with it getting into the season um, a little bit. Uh, Pierre Gents in the Hall of the Mountain King. Um, Fucking yes, <laughs> dude. That 
every time I throw on the Hobbit, if I'm throwing it on like lay down to, mm-hmm. dude, as soon as that fucking song hits, yeah, uh, it is something about it that resonates so well, it's so, well. so hauntingly beautiful. It's a great song. Um, it is, and I, I I got to see when I was when I was a kid. It's one that sticks with me because when I was a kid, I got to see it at the Reno Philharmonic. Um, nice and it was it, dude, jelly. it was awesome super jelly yeah no it was really good it, it, it very well done it was a, they they did a bunch of halloween songs but in the hall of the mountain king like that i uh to quote the younger kids these days that song's it's fire it's an absolute fucking banger. banger yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> well folks i mean we've chatted your ear off and this is going to be one of our longer episodes um indeed but it was a good one and I really enjoyed it. And like I said, we're planning on coming back around a lot more than we have been. Um, we're still working on building our social medias. Uh, we were, yeah, again, sorry. That's, that's my bad. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's okay. We're Here's again, admin very, privileges. Why don't you do something with this? Oh, right now. <laughs> yeah. We're very apologetic for the long pause, but we're going to try and get back in the swing of it when we post this up. So, I, um, I do want to throw out one more um, just because I've been listening to this almost daily and I don't know why it's one of those like, I don't know, but uh, throwing out Cat Stevens Wild World. Um, oh, I don't it, daily. I don't know what it is. It just keeps popping up and I keep playing it. Yeah. Cat Stevens. Can you do one more cup of coffee? Maybe. One more cup of coffee <laughs> for the road. It's a good one. Uh, it is a good one. I can't remember if that was Cat Stevens or not. Pretty sure it was him. I know that the white stripes covered it. And... <sighs> Sometimes Jack shouldn't ask if he can. He should ask if he should. <laughs> um, no, that was Bob Dylan. It was Bob Dylan that did one more cup of yeah. coffee. I swear to God, Cat Stevens did it too. Not that I'm seeing. It's my Mandela effect, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> so another real good one. I'm like, nah, I probably was just misspelling that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <coughs> Excuse me. We love y'all and we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you, all you beautiful people. <laughs> I don't know. You can't find the button again. Oh, boy. (laughs) Here we go.